You're listening to Wonderland, Episode 3, Down the Rabbit Hole, Initial Reactions. Welcome to Wonderland, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Aaron. We're happy to have you with us. The series has officially started. We've gone down the rabbit hole. These are going to be our initial reactions as we journey to Wonderland and discover amazing things. We're not going to do this for every single episode. We'll usually have our full discussion. But these, our initial reactions, are for this pilot episode because we wanted to launch something fun for the start of the series. So we're going to be a bit all over the place with our thoughts and ideas and theories, but that's what our full discussion is about for later on. But let's get into this. It started off with some familiar words. Once upon a time. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, it did. And and it started off with child Alice. Yeah. In a blue dress. <laughs> Very traditional. With, with the white apron? Was it an apron or just kind of white it's, thing? You know, that yeah. thing she wears. <laughs> apron thing. Yeah, it definitely looked very Disney. Again, connecting us with the whole Disney franchise of everything that... Uh, the writers, Kitses and Horowitz, do with Once Upon a Time. They're doing it a little bit here, too. I think it's called a pinafore. Pinafore, yeah, that sounds that sounds right. <laughs> Overall, I thought the graphics in this episode were pretty surprising for a TV show. I mean, the rabbit was, sure, not animated amazingly, but he was done really well. I wasn't constantly bug- bugged by him, yeah. Because that would make him Bugs Bunny. But he, <laughs> there was only one scene where I felt like he just wasn't hitting the ground in a way that was believable. But other than that, he was fine. Yeah. Yeah, I liked him. I thought he was cute. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't thinking about the graphics too, too much. So I guess that means they were pretty good. There was There was sort of the last scene where they were walking on the path that, didn't look it looked like they were in a cartoon yeah that was a little bit but otherwise it was good although in some ways could that be explained by the fact that they're in neverland i mean in wonderland Wonderland. (laughs) it could be except that i don't know unless they stopped by neverland first and had their shadows taken or misattached (laughs) otherwise then yeah it actually reminded me of the wizard of oz that last oh yeah because I just went and saw the the newly like revitalized version, and it looked very similar to that. I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, we did a review of it for Once Podcast over at OncePodcast.com. You could check it out. I think it was somewhere around episode 60 that we did a review of the new Wizard of Oz movie. But Oh, I'm, I mean the original one. Oh, I re- thought you said the new one. The, like remastered. Yeah, the remastered oh. Oh, yeah. one. Yeah, I was going to say, when did you do that? <laughs> well, by the way, speaking of Once Podcast with Once Upon a Time, it was interesting to see the story starting in Storybrook. Yes. And yeah. now, 
maybe I missed this in the actual episode, but I saw the first, I think, 20 seconds of the preview, the 20-minute preview that ABC released. Yes. And in it, it said something about Alice's story actually starts in Storybrooke. It said more. Yeah. And maybe they took that out because Alice's story had nothing to do with Storybrooke. No. <laughs> the names did, but not really Alice. It, also it, didn't start there, so. And it's a little hard to tell when is this happening in it is. Storybrooke. Yeah, I was very confused still. I'm still very confused about the timeline because, like, the Knaves, like, Knaves, Will, whatever, that guy, Knaves, mm-hmm. came from Storybrooke to get Alice, and then she's still back in Victorian England, so I still don't get it. Right. Was uh was Ashley pregnant? No, she wasn't. she wasn't. No. So was there any indication for sure that it was post curse? Because it's in present day. Okay. Yeah. That that's that the doesn't make thing. sense though. Present day, present day. Well, yeah. We saw Emma's bug, which was cool. Which but, really doesn't make sense if it's really present day. Yeah, I was wondering who's driving that since right. yeah, true. nobody that we know who would be driving it is there in now, the present day. In the preview, there was reference to this all happening while the Wraith was flying around. Right. But they took all that out. Yeah. Oh. Maybe because if you didn't watch Once Upon a Time, you'd just be like, what the heck was that thing at the beginning? Why was there a Wraith? And, uh... and in our chat room, though, Phoenix815 points out that the library was not boarded up. Oh, so maybe Emma left the care of her car in someone else's hands. Maybe. I was thinking maybe Belle. Maybe Belle's driving around in the bug. <laughs> well, she should be more careful. Leroy <laughs> Leroy called Cinderella Ashley. Yes. So, I mean, but that doesn't really tell us no, it when doesn't. this takes place. But then there's the whole Prince timeline. Prince thing. Charming and Mary Margaret are running around Neverland. <laughs> But so there is that major issue that you bring up, Aaron, of when is this actually happening? Because it looks Victorian England, but is it? Or here's here's a crazy idea. Yeah, because this question is more relevant to those who have just started watching Wonderland and never watched Once Upon a Time. Well, yeah, well no, it is a little bit because okay. here we go from a modern looking city. Oh, well, that's true. With a car, a yellow bug that anyone who doesn't watch once upon a time might not know what that is but that's a once upon a time reference well they know what a yellow bug is but then we go to this place that looks like victorian england yeah but i want to look more closely outside did the outside once they escaped did it look modern or did it It, look old-fashioned it did it had all the the men in their like old-fashioned okay bits and hats and stuff because i was wondering Mm -hmm. about that too it's a little bit weird yeah i thought maybe this was something like because of how Alice's father at the beginning of the episode had said something about, um, you were gone for so long, we thought you were dead. I thought maybe she'd been to Wonderland so many times that now she was in our present day, but everyone at the hospital was dressed to look like Victorian England, and the hospital was designed to look like yeah. Victorian England in order to help her uh, mm. readjust but I then feel when like they, they went don't outside. care that much. Yeah. <laughs> the doctor, though, was also the same. So when she was a little girl looking into her father's study and he was talking to the doctor, that doctor is the same doctor as, like, the main guy in when she's older. In oh, the, okay. Right. So it's like Dr. Lydgate. I asked somebody in the chat room to remind me of it just because I had looked him up before. But he's um he's the same guy. <laughs> okay. So... 
Not that much time has passed. Yeah, it's a little confusing. That is my other timeline question, because clearly she came back when she was very young. But then all the stuff that the doctor is referencing talking to her, the flashbacks that correspond to what he says, she's not a little girl. Well, she went back several times because she said during that fight between the doctor and her dad or that Mm -hmm. discussion, she said that she would find proof. And somewhere along the way too, uh, well, the doctor recounting her story said something like you journeyed several times. Yeah. Okay. I didn't catch that part. Yeah. He said multiple disappearances, ludicrous behavior, searching for proof that Wonderland was real. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so... I I mean, I I figured it was that, but, you know. Yeah, and the whole thing about her refusing or holding on to believing it because it's not that long ago that she's been there. Right. Maybe a year or two before this, before what we see happening in the Victorian England part. Yep. Yeah. Hmm, so yes, Victorian or not Victorian, that is the question. (laughs) Here's the And does that mean that... Sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. Does that mean that Na- like Naves was, chap- was trapped in Storybrooke for 28 years during the curse as well? That's like- what I would think. Oh. And just refresher in case anyone doesn't know, or if you need the refresher, the curse we're talking about is there was this evil Queen Regina who wanted to get back <laughs> at Snow White <laughs> and cursed all of the fairy tale lands that put them in this frozen state for 28 years, but also took many of them and put them in this town, Storybrooke, which is where <clears throat> the story started in present day. That's Storybrooke, Maine, this town that was the result of this curse. So uh, when we're saying that this is after the curse was broken or that maybe this is after Emma got there. This is all once upon a time stuff, and we won't be pulling this in a whole lot, but we know this was placed in this episode for the once upon a time Mm -hmm. fans. From this point out, I don't expect many once upon a time references. Yeah. Except Um, where they make them, because clearly as we heard, Wonderland has changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a, they mentioned the Mad Hatter's house and they had been abandoned and we know from Once Upon a Time that the Mad Hatter was brought from with the curse about 28, right. 29, 30 years ago, or however long this is storyline-wise, timeline-wise. So this new queen, the Red Queen, is in power and really likes chess, with a castle <laughs> made of chess pieces. Yeah. In, uh, in the original uh, Through the Looking Glass, which is where the Red Queen is from, she was actually a chess piece. The Red Queen was. <laughs> oh, okay. Actually a chess piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Alice had like stumbled into their game of chess. Hmm. So I liked that reference with the chess palace, even though I didn't really like the CGI for that part much. Yeah. <laughs> and we saw the Cheshire cat, which was great. And he's got the great yeah. Cheshire cat grin. Yeah, but yeah. The evil <laughs> Cheshire cat grin. <laughs> he was actually, you know, he's a little scary. He was. I mean, I'd be scared of him. And uh, also, Jafar has the flying carpet, not the genie. Right. I have a feeling that's an Agrabah thing. Well, yeah. (laughs) They talked about Agrabah several times, which Mm -hmm. is where the genie in Once Upon a Time was also from Agrabah. Yes. Or at least the Viper. Well, Well, both of them. Both of them. Yeah. The Agrabah, Viper, and the genie were from there. (laughs) Yeah. And Cyrus was from there, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. They well, they he mentioned Agrabah to Alice when she first met him in the 
in his bottle or lamp thing (laughs) thing yes home in his home his bottle which honestly she threatened to make herself big and destroy it and i just sort of imagined her sort of oozing or gushing from the bottle i don't really know (laughs) that it would have destroyed the bottle She seemed pretty confident, though. She did. I guess that's what counts <laughs> when you're threatening someone, you know, with getting too big for their house. <laughs> well, hey, you know what makes us feel confident? It's your <laughs> iTunes reviews. And <laughs> while you guys have been amazing, and we're so thankful for the support. When we launched this podcast, we gave some big uh, promotions or big uh, encouragement for you to help us as our, we launched the podcast. And last time I checked, we were the number two TV and film podcast in iTunes. We listed nice. under New and Noteworthy in both TV and film and in the iTunes podcast front page. Wonderland podcast is there. Wow. And it's in, thanks in huge part to all of you who have left reviews, and I'm cutting this list short. I'm going to save some names for when we do our full discussion on Sunday. But I'd like to thank <laughs> these names. Mama Who Bore Me from Canada. Aaron. That's my mom. <laughs> That's great. Also, Once Her Fan, Dragonstone42 from Canada, BK Ziggy, Anne, oh. Anel, Anne Anley from Canada, Hatter Madness, Seth Lynch21, <laughs> Melissa Cavallo from Australia, Squash Hot from China, H. Makey, Caped Cow, or Once Believer, Dancing <laughs> Sun, Guardian Eagle One, Rumples wow. Girl, Griffin Feathers from Mexico, Rebecita, NPA, Seabax, R. Clement, four, and Renhen, one, two, three. And that's my, just my, my. what I, from this short list. So thank you so much. So many great, very kind iTunes reviews. Please mark these as helpful if you've already left a review, or please write a review for us, an honest review. Go over to wonderlandpodcast.com slash iTunes, and you can subscribe in iTunes or leave a rating and review there. We'd love to have you sticking around and send us your feedback to, to feedback at wonderlandpodcast.com or you can call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221 or comment on the show notes at wonderlandpodcast.com slash three. I think one of the big questions that this episode left me with is why do the Red Queen and Jafar want the genie? Yes, and... Oh, I was going to say, why do they want Alice? But probably to get the genie. Maybe they don't actually... Wait, no, they do have him. So why do they want Alice now? Well, Jafar yeah. has the genie, but yes. does the Red Queen know that? Probably. Maybe. She may not. Although I assume that's why she knocked him over the cliff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so she they... has to be in it for something, too. She was interestingly not confident. Most of the time. Mm-hmm. Not for a queen? quite. Yeah, not quite the. Yes, exactly. Not, yeah, for, for a an queen. Evil queen? Yes, exactly. So she wasn't just a cookie cutter. <laughs> yeah, she's not a copy, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. She's not yet another evil queen yeah. walking around with the same demeanor. Well, she seems like a definitely a young queen, about the same age as Alice, maybe. Yeah. So 
it seems that some maybe her rise to power was a difficult one, or she's constantly receiving challenges from her subjects, or she's just new at this under new management. <laughs> That's what Wonderland <laughs> is right now. Been made what she is by Jafar. Hmm. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. I feel like the whole Jafar Cyrus thing could could be history from Agrabah if they're still from there. Ah, or if they're yes. both if they're both from there. Right. One of the reasons why I'm thinking they might want to tie this in together is they probably want some of the genie's power or they want the genie to grant wishes. But maybe he can't or he won't or something, but one of the things that came out from this episode was that Alice said that wishes have to be granted. They can't be stolen. So maybe that's why Jafar and Red Queen need Alice is to somehow get the the wishes that she has. Maybe those were Cyrus's last three wishes. Well, they would be, I suppose, if he only has wishes to grant with every new master and she set him free. Yeah, but they were saying... How'd she set him free with and still have three wishes. Shouldn't she only have two? Well, maybe she said three in a different way. <laughs> maybe. They were saying that Alice has to use all her wishes for whatever they're working on to be possible. Didn't they say that in the conversation oh, okay. in the chess house? I thought they said, no. like, she's here, but she's not, like, ready yet for them because she needs to have used all her wishes. I might have heard that oh, wrong. But I okay. Huh. Interesting. So then... Like we know that wishes are kind of like something you can deal in because she dealt with, like she offered them to Nave for helping her. But yeah, maybe the wishes are kind of like a contract with the genie so that the genie cannot do anything until Alice uses her wishes or she gives her wishes to someone else. That's a good thought. That would be very true to Aladdin, to the Disney movie. Kind of. Like, Mm. uh, the genie was committed to Aladdin until he used Mm. his wishes because he controlled the genie. It it also reminds me of uh, the DuckTales movie that had a genie. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen that one. (laughs) It was my favorite movie as a kid. That sounds familiar. But speaking of other places where we've seen genies, we did see the genie that we mentioned on once upon a time and now that i think about it there were three jewels in his lamp Mm -hmm. for the wishes and they were either red or green right yeah but i can't remember which seemed to mean which i think it was red meant used uh maybe but that yeah that would be something to look over on our oncepodcast.com site to see but they don't necessarily have to tie it in the same way because this is a different genie, a different bottle. Yes. This Instead of the genie lamp, this is a genie's bottle. So do people in Agrabah ever live not inside small containers? <laughs> well, Jafar, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. He just lives on a carpet. They've just got some very strange living arrangements over there, I guess. <laughs> just for the magical creatures. By the way, did I catch correctly that the Knave of Hearts' name is Will? Yes. Yes. Okay. Alice called him that, and I think it was also on the poster. Okay, yeah, and it said on the poster, um, 
wanted with or without his head yes (laughs) which that made me think of uh obviously the queen of hearts because she's the one who beheaded people um and that made me think of the original book which was the knave of hearts was on trial with the queen of hearts in the book It was for eating her biscuits, which maybe that's not what he did in in this version. (laughs) Or her tarts or something. So was it the Red Queen or the Queen of Hearts from the original stories that always said off with his head? It was the Queen of Hearts. So it was the Korra character. Okay. Yeah, from Once Upon a Time there. And here we have not heard the Red Queen say off with his head. Right. Well, yes. Just because he's wanted with or without his head doesn't necessarily mean that he'll still be alive with his head hmm. severed or anything. So, But I would think that you, especially if there's a reward, you would need the head <laughs> to prove that you didn't just cut the head off somebody else and bring the body and be like, look, it's him. Got him. You're the fifth one today. We're going to need the head after all. Hmm. <laughs> Let's have the awkward conversation. I appreciate (laughs) (laughs) the clothed elephant in the room. Yes. I appreciated as a married man or as a man. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I appreciated that that awkward conversation. I appreciated that they clothed the red queen better. Uh, Yes. It was so, I mean, yes, it was like, I believe somebody called her in a early review of the preview, a Vegas showgirl. She yes, someone said that in the chat room. <laughs> yes, yeah, she looked and acted like that in the preview. Even her demeanor was different, the way she kind of moved and stuff. So this was much more queen-like mm-hmm. and much more presentable in public. It was good. I was yeah. proud of them. And one thing to remember as we think about the previews that we've seen before and this, is that those previews, the 20 minutes, mm-hmm. were recorded months before they started recording anything else. So that was yeah. sort of like the pitch, maybe. Yes, yeah, it was. It, it was. was the pitch. Which is why certain things from the end of the show were sort of moved up and combined in that preview for those who watched it into the scene where they actually leave the hospital, in that case, through the rabbit hole. He actually made it in the basement of the hospital in the preview, and the necklace was there and that whole thing yeah. Yeah. in the preview. So it made a lot more sense pulling it out and having them run outside the hospital gave some more context to where they were yeah. and save the necklace. confuses us on the timeline. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> I liked that scene in the preview better, but... The way that I, it was framed and everything? Just the scene in general. Not... Yeah. I don't know. Interestingly... Just, the trailer, she said, you know, the whole help me get back mine thing. She said it one way in the trailer, another way in the preview, and a third way in, in the show. episode. And I think <laughs> I liked the trailer and the way they punched the music and everything the best of the yeah. three. But She said it more, like, tough in the trailer, I felt like. She was very, like, I once helped you get back your heart. And it was very <laughs> dramatic. And it was very, like, she's not asking for help. She's telling him he's helping her. And that could be something yet to see again. Maybe she brings it up again, Mm -hmm. and that's when she's more confident. So we've got a lot of... They've kind of set up a lot of story to see in flashbacks to when other times when she's been in Wonderland. 
as a child, as an adult, they can go back and tell some of these stories. I assume we'll see that since she referenced it. Perhaps. But then again, look at this episode as a whole. We didn't really have flashbacks. We had a couple scenes here and there. Mm -hmm. Nothing like what we've seen in Lost or Once Upon a Time. And the reason why I bring Lost into this is because Kitsis and Horowitz were writers on Lost as well. Flashbacks are a very strong mechanism used in Lost as well as in Once Upon a Time. But I think that's because they made a one-hour premiere as tends to be the way things are done right now. It could have been, now it might have been a little slow, but it could have been a two-hour premiere with some expanded scenes of her earlier time. The scene where she met Cyrus felt a little, a little rushed, but maybe not. I mean, maybe that was just because it was sort of split up in the midst of her conversation with the doctor. Yeah, it was very, it was much faster. I wrote that in the notes as well. Like the flashbacks were much faster and more frequent at the beginning than they Mm -hmm. were, than they are in those other shows lost in once upon a time. Yeah. Honestly, I was a little bit disappointed with this episode, but then again, I'm trying to keep in mind that half of this episode was produced months before the rest of it so maybe that's why it's a little bit disjointed at least partially it was yeah yeah, and you know we did see we did know a lot about it going in i remember that the first time i saw the trailer i was really really impressed so but i've had months to kind of know what was coming for the first 20 minutes at least yeah to some degree um you know (laughs) so i'm expecting better things from the next episode as They've laid the foundation, okay, and there was, yeah, a lot of stuff to try and squeeze into this episode. So they've laid that foundation, now they can move the story along. And I'm looking forward to how they do that. Yeah, and it should be less disjointed, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it this is was a really good starting point to set everything up, and that now they can really get into what the story that they want to tell now that we have kind of the base information that we need. Yeah. So we've got a lot of directions that this show could go and some cool stories that could come from this, but this is your opportunity, our dear listener, to participate in the podcast. We want your feedback. The way that we're going to do this going forward is that we won't be doing initial reactions for every single episode. We will just do a full discussion about the show on Sundays at 6 p.m. That's our trial time for now. We might change that schedule just a little bit later on. But you can watch on Sundays at 6 p.m. at wonderlandpodcast.com slash live and send us your feedback for your theories and thoughts about the show. You can email to feedback at wonderlandpodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221 Or you can go to wonderlandpodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and send a voice message that way. You can also go to the forums at wonderlandpodcast.com slash forums and chat there. It's all on the same website, actually, as our Once Upon a Time podcast. So if you're already a member of the community there, then you're a member of the community for Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, too, because there's a lot of crossover and a lot of uh, crossover between the fans as well, not just the storyline. So we'd love to have you as part of the community. And please also follow us on Twitter at Wonder Podcast so that you can get the latest news from us and hear when we're going live, hear when we are uh, sharing information from the forums or news that comes out about Once Upon a Time. 
You can also follow each of us on Twitter. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Aaron, and you can follow me on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. So until next time, remember, when you really love someone, you don't need proof. You can feel it. And thanks for listening. Wonderland Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Like you can theorize over the TV shows Under the Dome, Once Upon a Time, and Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can learn how to be productive in your personal and professional life, learn how to podcast, laugh with our clean comedy, and more, all at noodle.mx.